I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 110 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. There are many, many, many ways to get in touch. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of about the show. Guys, hopefully you're enjoying these as much as I am. I know I'm getting so, 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 so excited about football. It is almost back. So we are covering off the AFC South this week. I have super amazing guests, Memphis over from the DWZ. So the Dynasty Warzone, check them out if you don't already. Just a PSA in case you haven't heard any of the previous episodes, which go back and check them out. They're awesome. Um, I have pre-recorded these particular episodes uh, at the end of July here. I am away on holiday with the fam for three whole weeks in the glorious us of a so some of the information on these might be like a little tiny bit outdated but as in two weeks old you know it's not the main the main gist of it 90 95 percent of it is absolutely sweet if we've forgotten one little injury or something like that then that's probably why um but yeah I still think you guys are going to love it. You're going to get a lot out of it. And we're talking the Indianapolis Colts. Memphis is an Indianapolis Colts fan, so it's going to be awesome. Let's do it. The main event. Fight. We are back again. I've got the man of the hour, Memphis, DWZ Memphis on Twitter, host of the Dynasty Warzone, absolute bad A, um, OG of the Dynasty game here with me. We are talking AFC South. We've already covered the Tennessee Titans. If you missed that episode, go back and check it out. It was a doozy, as the kids are saying. We're going to be talking Indianapolis Colts today, which, spoiler alert, is Memphis's favorite team. So we'll be getting lots of unbiased, hot takes, spicy predictions, insider information, everything we're looking forward to. Memphis, are you excited to talk Indianapolis Colts? Uh, I am excited, Evan. This is my excited voice. (laughs) That was perfect. That was very like Joe Biden reading off the teleprompter for me. I appreciate that. I like it. Um, So here we go. Yeah, end quote. (laughs) So we are going to be talking the Colts today. Now, similar to the Titans and kind of the whole, every team that we've been doing, the divisional previews, divisional breakdowns, we're just going to give you a little snapshot of last year, kind of refresh your memory if you've been taking a little bit of time off over the offseason. How did they finish last year? What were any major changes in the coaching staff or personnel? And what do we expect sort of looking forward into 2022? So if we're talking... Indianapolis Colts, they finished nine and eight and just missed out on the playoffs in heartbreaking fashion. We'll not linger on that. Don't want Memphis crying on the show, um, but was second in the division, just missed out with a little breakdown to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Head coach Frank Reich and OC Marcus Brady are returning, leading the ship. So no major changes. There's several minor changes to the staff as I've seen, but nothing major. Um, Looks like still status quo as far as play calling and offensive scheme, etc. 
kind of some major changes that happened on the offensive side of the ball. Jack Doyle did retire. So, you know, that is, I guess, sad times for Indianapolis Colts fans. Maybe not too big of a loss for us fantasy football fans, but yet another tight end has ridden off into the sunset. And speaking of tight ends, they did sign Mo Ali Cox to a three-year, $17.5 million contract extension. And the kind of quarterback controversy that had erupted over them paying up for Carson Wentz and then him kind of falling apart the second half of the season ended in him being traded away to the Washington Commanders and then turning around and trading for another vet quarterback, Matt Ryan, from the Atlanta Falcons. So those are kind of some of the major moves when it came to the uh, free agency market, things like that. When it comes to the draft, they did add a couple of really interesting pieces here to the offense. They drafted Alec Pierce uh, in the second round there out of uh, Cincinnati. And they also drafted one of my absolute favorite tight end prospects, Jelani Bigfoot Woods, round three, absolute stud who I'm super excited about. Um, And they I mean, they've, they've, they've definitely taken sort of a New England Patriots approach to this backfield in the offseason. They've basically said, is there any running backs out there anywhere? Get them to Indianapolis. We want them. They signed UDFAs, Devontae Price, CJ Verdell, Michael Young Jr., Jack Cohn. Um, they also signed Philip Lindsay to a one-year $1.13 million contract and Tyson Williams. He of the waiver wire overbids last year. Wow, that is a lot of running backs in a room dominated by the consensus RB1 for Dynasty. But that's a lot of changes, a lot of movement, and a lot of shifting pieces, obviously headlined by the changing quarterback. Memphis, how are you feeling as a hometown Colts fan looking forward into 2022? I feel like if we get good quarterback play, we're going to make some noise. I, I mean, I don't want to be any more boring than that, but I do believe that um, I mean, this is a Colts team that two years ago with Phillip Rivers were a field goal away from beating the Buffalo Bills in, in Buffalo. And this is the kind of offense that just needs a grown-up at the helm. Uh, nothing against Carson Wentz. I tried to like Carson Wentz. And at the end of the day, you can't make Carson Wentz stop being Carson Wentz. But Frank Reich runs a good offense. It's a quarterback-friendly offense. And I don't think it will be any surprise where two of the low to, lowest – career interception totals of their career were what Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz had while they were in this offense. So I think we can expect good things from Matt Ryan. And I think uh, this season will come down to his acclimation to the offense and everybody staying healthy. But I think the Colts win the division, hashtag spoiler alert. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I think they go something like 11 and six. Love it. I uh, little peek behind the curtains here. I have to constantly put myself on mute whenever Memphis is talking because I'm basically just laughing most of the time, not because of what he's saying, but just I always find Memphis to be incredibly um, hilarious and very like just funny. I love his expressions and the way he like <laughs> explains himself. And he just uh, he's very much a you could sell you could sell snow to an Eskimo, I believe ice to an Eskimo. Is that the phrase? You can sell ice to an Eskimo. Uh, yeah, you can sell snow, uh, ice to an Eskimo. You can sell a uh, a ketchup popsicle to a lady wearing white gloves. There's a few of them. There's a few like that. There you go. Um, so that's it. So I agree. I like where the Colts are headed. I do think Matt Ryan is a pretty significant upgrade over Carson Wentz. No, sh- no shade to Carson Wentz. I loved your little phrase there about you tried liking Carson Wentz, but he just couldn't stop being Carson Wentz. <laughs> That definitely that made thing? me chuckle. The problem with Carson Wentz is that he's Carson Wentz. 
It's it's like it's like literally there's he's he's one of those guys, and I think Mitch Trubisky's another guy like this, Sam Darnold's another guy like this. I think that at the end of the day, if you could put someone else's brain, like if you could have like a full blown lobotomy and, and like literally like if you because like Peyton Manning, wouldn't we love to have Peyton Manning back in the game? Wouldn't we like to give like Tom Brady like a younger, like more sporty body? Couldn't we put Tom Brady's brain in Carson Wentz? Couldn't we put Peyton Manning's brain in Mitch Trubisky? That's what we deserve. These guys have the athletic tools. They just don't have the, the, the gifts to be those elite QBs. So that's kind of where I'm at with these guys. <laughs> this could be a whole nother podcast. We could just, we could be like create the Frankenstein, the perfect like quarterback of all the different pieces of different quarterbacks that we like. But it's, um, it's, not, it's not like you, it's not like you look at like you know Drew Brees. I know he's out of the league too. You look at some of these guys and you know go that's a physical specimen. It's no, they've learned to play the game a certain way because they didn't have those physical gifts. Whereas these guys have had the physical gifts, so they've learned to lean on them. But when they get to the league and everybody has gifts physically, it's a lot harder for them to succeed. So I didn't mean to take you down a rabbit hole. That's what I meant by that. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And to kind of put a little bit more of a, a kind of a final picture here for the Colts offense, what we're hoping for, what we're expecting, just going to have a little peek at some of the more advanced stats from last year, kind of hope paint us a picture of how are we going to get these fantasy points and where are they going to come from and when I look at last year I'm looking at things like pace of play which the Colts were sadly 31st in pace of play um, I think that that's really good for the NFL the way they want to play their game it's not as good for fantasy obviously we want them to keep keep just cranking out plays let us get some more points for our studs out there um, but on the positive side again one of the major advanced statistics that I would always look at would be DV which again just in case this is the first episode you're listening to it stands for defensive adjusted value over average again just a fancy way of saying they look at all the plays they look at the games they look at the season as a whole and they say based on the circumstances they found themselves in here's the kind of median here's what we would expect of an average nfl offense did they achieve greater or less than that the Colts finished 13th in DVOA with Carson Wentz, the much maligned Carson Wentz at the helm. So that's certainly a positive sign. If they can get even better quarterback play, they could be easily a top 10 offense in DVOA. And last couple of things here we'll look at. So I do like to look at kind of the breakdown between the run success, the pass success, because it can paint us a little bit of a picture here, what we're expecting to see, what we could hope for, hope for in this offense. And when we mean, when we say success, obviously that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but to put it into specifics here, when we're saying success rates, we're talking about a play is considered successful when it gains at least 40% of yards to go on first down, 60% of yards to go on second down, and 100% of yards to go on third or fourth down. Given those metrics, the um, Colts actually were 51% successful on their running plays, which was ninth in the league. Again, we've already mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I'm sure he's a big part of that. When it comes to the pass, that's what kind of let them down a little bit. They were only 44% successful in the passing game. That was 24th so again you can see the kind of discrepancy there and when you combine them they were 47% total which was 17th kind of middle of the pack which seems to paint a bit of a picture of their season now as far as the targets because we're looking at wide receivers we're looking at tight ends we want to see where we're going to get this fantasy goodness from we look at last year 
the Colts were actually 28th in total target volume, 472 targets in total. And how those were split up was quite interesting. They were 23rd in the percentage that went to the wide receiver, 56.8% to the wide receiver position. But again, they didn't really have much going on in the receiver room other than obviously Michael Pitbull Jr., absolute dog. Um, they were eighth in percentage to the running back, 22.5%, which could even go up. Now we got Matty Ice in the building and they were 16th in percentage to the tight ends at 20.8%. So that kind of gives us a little bit of a breakdown there. They didn't pass an awful lot, um, but when they did pass, they sort of spread the ball around. They passed quite a lot to the running backs. They passed quite a lot percentage-wise to the tight ends and um, not as much to the wide receivers, but there wasn't a lot going on in that receiver room last year, sadly. Uh, what are your thoughts then? Obviously, hearing some of those stats, does anything jumps out to you? Or if I had to ask from a hometown hero himself, if you had to put a number on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you in these offensive pieces for twenty twenty two? Eight point five. I'm I'm really confident this is going to be a good offense. Uh, I'm curious of where the slot wide receiver points are going to go from a fantasy standpoint, and I'm curious of where the tight end points are going to go from a fantasy standpoint, but this is going to be a productive offense. Um, if guys get open, Matt Ryan's going to put the ball on. He's not going to throw it into opposing hands. And, I mean, we're talking about like a former MVP. I mean, th this guy's a solid QB. So uh, if the weapons take a step, this will be a really, really big offense. I love it. Yeah, I, I – I'm pretty much, yeah, right there with you. I would, I would have to say for the Colts, probably about an eight, you know, eight and a half is – really solid um, number. And I would probably go there right, right there with you. As far as, you know, the guys, we've talked about some of the reasons why we could be potentially excited. We see, we see Matt Ryan as an upgrade at the quarterback position and spoiler alert. I'm just going to transition here into our actual players that we're looking to get on the roster. Matt Ryan is actually my choice. I mean, if we're just going anybody, I'm going to say Michael Pittman jr. But I've been talking about Michael Pittman jr. Since last year, I'm pretty sure when I was on my one and only appearance on the dynasty war zone, I'm pretty sure I was touting Michael Pittman jr. Somebody that you need to get on the roster. I feel like if you hadn't already, you've kind of missed a lot of the value there. Cause he's moved up to, I believe somewhere around why is he were 15, 16 um, in startups. So he's kind of not really as much of a value, but I still believe in him. I still think there's even more meat on the bones. One of my bull predictions, he was one of my breakouts for this year. I said, I could see him finishing as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver, which maybe is pretty spicy, but hopefully Memphis, will give me that cosign that I need for this validation of my Colts take. But as far as like a bargain buy, I'm going Matt Ryan. And as some of the similar reasons that you already mentioned there, he, you know, Philip Rivers was very successful when he came over in his last year in the NFL. Even Carson Wentz, you know, set a career record for lowest interceptions. It is a fantasy friendly and a quarterback friendly offense. Um, I, I certainly think there's plenty of, of juice left in Matty Ice's tank. I mean, even literally as recently as two years ago, he was still kind of in that conversation as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. I don't think the wheels fell off. I think that he was just in a pretty tough situation last year in Atlanta and similar to my, you know, by um with ryan Tannehill for the titans he's just he's just fallen off a cliff as far as his value and startups at the moment he's coming in at qb 26 i'm i will 
literally eat Memphis's hat if he finishes as the 26th quarterback in fantasy scoring in 2022. I, I just don't see any world where he is literally the 26th best quarterback for fantasy, given the system that he's in, given the weapons that he has, um, given the run game that's going to support him. I, I just don't see that. So I see him as a massive screaming value. If you're in an existing league and you're a contender and you need that bit of juice as your QB2, maybe even QB3, I certainly think you could do worse than getting some Matty Ice on your team. But Memphis, what are your thoughts here? Who's your biggest buy? Like as a homer, who are you going out and, you know, kicking the tires on trying to get on the roster before the season kicks off? Uh, for me, uh, it's Naheem Hines. The last time that he had a statue, a guy that is, uh, is as mobile as this bar stool that I'm sitting on at quarterback in Phillip Rivers, he finished as the RB15 on the season while his teammate Jonathan Taylor finished as the RB7. Um, I just got him, I think it was in the 14th round of the Scott Fishbowl, and this is a guy that's going to have tremendous standalone value. They'll use him in the slot. They'll have him and Taylor on the field at the same time. People have yet to catch on. Um, I think it's really going to take the the bigger media people to get on board. Um, you know, I mean, what the hell? I'm already starting to hear, hear people talk about, you know, Adam Thielen and Austin Hooper. I, mean, I think Naheem Hines will be next. Um, I, he's going to be a steal. He's a guy that you could probably get for a third in your dynasty leagues, and you need to be out there making making that offer. But can I give you one? You love stats. You love numbers. You're, you're clearly a stats guy. Are you ready? Love it. I'm ready. So DK Metcalf and Michael Pittman Jr. both had 120 nine targets last year but Michael Pittman Jr. converted 13 more catches and had 115 more yards the difference was the six touchdowns if the touchdowns come for Michael Pittman Jr. you will not be able to get him for DK Metcalf but if you have DK Metcalf and you have Drew Locke fear you have Geno Smith fear it might be a good time to maybe flip DK Metcalf for uh, Michael Pittman Jr., you may even be able to get some plus. So go get Naheem Hines, and I'm co-signing on your Michael Pittman. Yes. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Michael Pittman Jr. I jokingly call him Michael Pitbull Jr. because he's got so much dog in him. Uh, yeah, I love it. I'm all aboard the Michael Pittman hype train. I, I like that take as well. I'll be honest, I'm literally – in the market for some Naeem Hines shares, I uh, I definitely see him as super valuable addition, especially if you've gone more light on the running backs um, and you're looking for that depth. You know, that's certainly something I do when it's startup season. You know, I, I don't really go and invest heavily in the running back position because they're such a fluid market. But somebody like Naeem Hines could be a massive, massive, massive buy for you. As far as goodbye, see you later. Um, you know, it's not, it's not you, it's me sort of situation. I'm looking at a guy who is kind of a strange one. It's Mo Ali Cox and he's not the most valuable tight end in the world anyways, but I have heard a lot of kind of people getting excited about the idea, putting two and two together, getting 22 and just thinking that, you know, Hey, look, they gave him a contract extension. They obviously, you know, they obviously want him there. They obviously have a plan for him. Um, you know, you know, Matt Ryan loves to, you know, we've talked already about in the last episode, we talked about Austin Hooper and how successful he was. And, you know, as a tight end there with Matt Ryan, we know that Frank Reich's system can be very conducive to tight end points. I think people are getting a little bit excited about Molly Cox. And for me personally, 
I just don't see it for fantasy. Um, I think if you can flip him for something, you should. I personally, I, 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 I you know, again, I don't want to do go too far ahead of myself here, but we've already touched on Jelani Woods, um, Bigfoot as I call him. He's like six foot seven. He's just as big as Molly Cox pretty much, only he's way faster. Um, he's a better athlete, and he's definitely a really intriguing red zone threat. He's somebody that – and for me, Mo Ali Cox, I mean, Carson Wentz literally – I mean, he loves the tight end position like a fat kid loves cake, as Memphis would say. Um, and if he couldn't be a, a stud, you know, stalwart for your fantasy teams with Carson Wentz at the helm, I just don't think there's any help for him. I mean, literally, Carson Wentz targets the tight ends like it's going out of style. So for me, I just don't see him ever being like a perennial top 12 option. And I do really like Jelani Woods. So for me, that would be probably my buy. See you later. Because I do actually like a lot of the pieces on this Colts offense. So it was kind of hard to pick one to say like, okay, I'm just going to get rid of this guy. But what do you think, Memphis? Who do you have? Do you have anybody that you kind of are thinking, you know what, as much as I love you as a Colt, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to get rid of you here before the season begins. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to use a term that you all use across the pond. And this one could come back and bite me in the arse. But for me, it's uh, <laughs> it's Paris Campbell. Um, you know, he is a a, a, a a physical therapist, a doctor's best friend. Uh, I just don't think this guy is ever going to get it together health wise. And I know, like I said, that could come back and bite me in the backside. But I I've given it two years, and this is the new NFL. This is not the NFL of 15 years ago where. Oh, yeah, we're going to get that wide receiver, you know, third-year breakout. There is no third-year breakout anymore. If you're waiting for a third-year breakout, you're you're hoping and praying. Because nowadays you get rookie seasons. If you're really elite coming out of big schools, you you get Justin Jefferson. You get Jamar Chase. Now, are there, are there slow risers? Sure there are. But, you know, with a guy with his pedigree, second-round NFL draft capital coming out of Ohio State, I would have expected more by now. And I'm just out on Mr. Paris Campbell. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, there's literally few things dynasty players hate to do more than letting go of some of their favorite sleepers or some of their favorite, you know, kind of college prospects. And I, I again, have heard people this year starting the drum beat up again. It's like Michael Hardman, um, you know, Paris Campbell, these guys that just every year people try and get us hyped about and try and tell us they're the next big thing. And I, I agree with you. I'm just out. And, and I think that I don't have any shares, but if I did, I'd be looking to cash in on the hype and, and just, I'd be happy enough to be wrong if I am. Um, as far as a sneaky stash i've kind of already spoiled it there but it's jelani woods for me um you know absolute freak show he is a massive massive human being previously in a previous life he was a quarterback he was actually a very good dual threat quarterback coming out of high school converted to tight end in oklahoma um oklahoma state i should say apologies and uh yeah it was more of a kind of a blocking tight end um but then he moved over to virginia and was an absolute beast last year you know rank just racking up some you know absolutely delightful run after the catch some touchdowns snatching some people's souls just knocking people out of their bodies when they try to tackle him i love him i think he could be an absolute dynamite i don't know about this year he is a rookie after all um it does take time but i'm excited about jelani woods and he comes in as tight end 20 on sleeper so you're really not having to pay up much for him. He's a freak athlete as well, which is one of the major things that we look for when it comes to tight end prospects. We want to see athleticism. It's one of the one of the main sort of uh, positions in football where really elite athleticism translates 
massively to um, elite fantasy production is in the tight end. And Jelani Woods is an absolute freak show when it comes to his athleticism, um, you know, his speed, his burst, everything. He's absolutely kind of the kind of guy that you want to be taking dart throws at in your tight end premium leagues or even just in your regular leagues because he could just be one of those guys that really breaks out, especially if Matt Ryan is around for a couple years there um, in that friendly tight end, you know, fantasy relevant system that Frank Reich runs. What about you, Memphis? Who do you got for us? I'm really excited to hear your sneaky stats from the uh, the Colts underground? Uh, it's the same guy. Uh, I, I'm a Jelani Woods guy as well. Tight, end, t- t- tight ends are just so hard to find. And if I'm going to take a dart throw on a position on the Colts, especially at rookie draft or startup draft ADP, it's going to be Jelani Woods. I don't think I'm going to have to use him this year. Uh, I think I like that you know the Colts took care of Mo Cox financially. But I think when it gets down to uh, time to pay Quentin Nelson, and some of these other guys, uh, I think that by the end of maybe next year, now the third year breakout for tight ends is much more of a thing. So for me, if he's a guy that I can put on my taxi for the next two years and kind of see what happens, uh, I'm, I'm cool. So uh, I'm with you. I'm all over Jelani Woods as well. Give me that big red zone target. Love it. There you go, folks. Indianapolis Colts in the books. Um, I will ask before we just put a bow on this one, Memphis, what's your bull prediction for your beloved Colts? Is it Super Bowl time? Are they going to lift the trophy? No, I mean, they could. Um, uh, I listen to a lot of gambling pods. Uh, they just did the consensus rankings over at ESPN. They seem to be a top eight to 10 team for a lot of people. And let's be honest, we, we've seen teams get hot before. I think the Colts in this offense, though, they they really need to win this division. They need to host a, a home playoff game. I think that would serve Matt Ryan and this offense well. The one thing they do have that does travel, even in bad conditions, is a good running game and a good defense. So I, I love the addition of Stephon Gilmore. Um, you know, obviously, we've already got uh, Darius Leonard, um, DeForest Buckner. Really good defense, and, you know, I like that someone really good at all three levels. But, you know, I'm thinking, like, divisional round. I think they get past wild card weekend and uh, wind up getting smoked by a Buffalo or a KC. But this is a team that will be good enough that they could, you know, they'd probably be like a six, seven-point dog on the road at Buffalo or KC. But this is definitely the kind of team that could surprise somebody. So um, I think we win a playoff game. We win the division, but that's about the end of it. Dig it. I dig it. My, I, I've already, I think I said it on my breakout you know, episode, but I'm going to stick with it as my bold prediction. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a top 12 fantasy football wide receiver this season. Um, and that's, yeah, it is bold. It is spicy, but I, I do believe in the talent. And I think the significant upgrade as well as the continued um, emergence of as Michael Pittman Jr. as the alpha there in the receiving core, I, I do believe that he can hit a top 12 finish. So that'll be my bold prediction. And I hope that it comes true because I have a lot of Michael Pittman Jr your shares now <laughs> because of uh, I do always try and put my money where my mouth is uh, even though that is a big task to undertake so here we go we've got the uh, the Colts wrapped up and we are going to move forward then on into the next team in the division I drive zero RB in dynasty pass up a young receiver nah I couldn't be me my fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven now forget what he said and listen to me what you really want to do is stack those RBs you can be Linda just let me be Frank those RBs on your roster is money in the bank 
One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.